be with you guys today. Um, as John mentioned and Christina before him, uh, this morning is our Cultivate Kids Takeover morning. Dun, dun, dun. And, um, and so that means that, that we're highlighting the work of our kids ministry uh, and, uh, and specifically doing things kid-oriented this morning. And so this morning is all about them and the work that God is doing uh, in them uh, through us. And so everything that we would typically do downstairs, we're bringing upstairs, and you guys get to be a part of it. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Very exciting. So here, here's what I need. I need all of the kids to come join me down front. Now I'm going to say a couple boring things before we get to the really exciting video, okay? Is that okay with everybody down here? So, so let me just, let me, let me explain why we're doing this. Uh, and then what we're going to do, and then we're going to do it, okay? The why, the what, and then we're going to do it. So why are we doing this? Um, well, the, we realize here at Cultivate that kids are important. And oftentimes we give lip service to that, but we don't really highlight and give kids the space that they need to feel like they're important. And so that's really what this morning is about. And, and if, you, if you weren't familiar with this, Jesus actually did the very same thing. Uh, there's a passage in Mark 10 where a whole, a huge crowd is around Jesus, like much bigger than what we've got here today. And everybody's standing around, and they're all wanting to hear what Jesus has to say because Jesus says some really important things, right? And, and so one of the things that Jesus is talking about is marriage. So husbands and wives coming together and, and what that, that life together looks like and all these different things. And all the adults in the room, they're, they're really listening hard because they really want to hear what Jesus has to say. And Jesus' disciples, his kind of 12 closest followers, they're the ones that want to hear the, the, the loudest because they've been walking with Jesus for a while and they really want to know what he has to say. So right in the middle of all this, Jesus staying all these important things, some, some people come into this scene and they, they interrupt what's going on. And this is what happens in Mark 10, verse 13. People began bringing children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples, the 12 kind of closest followers, they rebuked them. They, they had some harsh things to say about the moms and dads that were bringing their kids. And when Jesus saw this, he was in, indignant. Do you, who knows what indignant means? It's a big word. He was really mad. Now, why was he so mad? Because he, he said this to them, Let the little children come to me and don't hinder them. For the kingdom of God, my dad's kingdom, belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom like a little child will never enter it. And he took all the children in his arms and he placed his hands on them and he blessed them. Now, there's a couple things that this this little sort of passage teaches us. And one of those things is that that Jesus elevates the the role and the importance, the significance of kids. And so that's essentially what we want to do this morning is just to highlight the fact that they're important. So, So there's a couple reasons, though, why we have to understand that kids are important. One is we have to know that kids are important just for who they are. That kids just by nature are important to Jesus. They have a place before him. And so if you've been part of our family for any length of period of time, hopefully you've come to understand that kids are important to us too. And and there's a few ways that we try to demonstrate their importance to us that might be a little bit different than if you've ever been part of another church family before. One of those ways is that we give them our attention. Right? And so so we, we create spaces for them and we try to 
use our, our, our teaching and our experience, and, and we have many, many people that have served as teachers that, that do a great job. Don't they do a great job when they're teaching you guys downstairs? How many of you guys like your teachers? They do an awesome job. Everyone's hands should be up. <laughs> and, and the second way that, that we highlight the importance of kids, though, is allowance. And I, and I don't mean like a money, but I mean that, that as parents, as, as adults, as part of a family, we allow kids to be who they are. How many of you had kids around Thanksgiving meal and, and Christmas meal this week? And, and what were the kids up to? Everything that kids are up to, right? And so if, if you've been part of our gathering here, you realize that we, we allow kids to be who they are. In fact, I was talking to one family who said that they went into a, another church service at a different place because they were visiting with family. And, and, and one of the things that they had to do when they were in the car on the way there is have a chat with the kids and go, okay, now listen, this isn't like Cultivate, okay? You have to behave here, <laughs> Like, you have to sit in your seat and be very quiet because you can't go dancing around and and kind of being yourself. But we love the fact that kids can be themselves, and Jesus did too. The second thing, though, is that that children were important to Jesus because the children had something to teach the adults. You see how Jesus does that? He allows them to himself. And and I'm I'm just picturing the the disciples thinking, like, why are you you taking a break from all this important teaching just to to let these little kids who don't even know what you're saying come to be near you? Why do they get your attention? Why do they get the the closest place? And, And Jesus says to them, it's not just them that has something to learn. It's you guys through them. In fact, you need to become more like them. You need to have a, a childlike dependency on me. You, you need to not have so, so many expectations and things rolling around your head that you think that you need and realize that I have things that you need and just simply come to me as you are. And, and so that's what the kids do, and the disciples learn a lesson through that. So I'm confident that God has something to teach all of us this morning, even though we're highlighting the work of our kids, and we're, we're giving them a spot this morning. So that's the why, okay? So here's the what. This is what we're going to be doing this morning. We're going to show a, a video that's going to highlight, it's going to teach a story from Jesus' life that these guys have already been going through. It's just one in a series of what we've been doing with them. It's out of Luke 5 about Jesus healing and forgiving a paralyzed man. And then Casey's going to come, and he's going to recap the teaching for the kids kind of what they would typically do in their classroom. And then after we do that, kids, you guys are going to head to the back of the room and we have some tables set up for you and you guys are going to do your, your craft and your snack, okay? Just like on a normal Sunday when you're in your classrooms. And now while the kids are in the back doing the craft and snack, you adults, you're stuck up here. <laughs> Sorry to break the news to you. Uh, but then Fiona and I are going to teach through our, our philosophy of ministry with Cultivate Kids and why we feel like what we do is so unique and important. And then we want to introduce to you as families some of the resources that we have available to families to continue the process of discipleship in the lives of your kids. And then we're going to end by kind of talking about what it looks like to be one of our teachers and the future of our Cultivate Kids ministry. Does that sound good? So that's the what. You ready to get into the doing? All right, let's do it. All right, guys, so <clears throat> most of you know me, right? So today's story 
we have a craft that, that you guys are going to get the instructions for on how to make in the back that will help you guys be able to rem- uh, remember the story, okay? And all we're going to need for this craft is this. Yep, four pieces of paper and a couple little, I don't even know what those things are called. Brads, there we go. <laughs> so, three brads, four pieces of paper. Okay, so, like we said, uh, like the story said, there was a man, right, and he was laying on a, uh, laying on a mat, right, because his legs didn't work, he was paralyzed, can't move. Right there, there's our mat, yeah. Now, Poor, uh, poor, yeah, we'll call him Matt. Let's stick with that. <laughs> poor Matt, stuck on that mat. Luckily, he had four friends. Four fantastic friends. Right? Four fantastic friends who had heard that there was somebody special coming. You know, and that special person that was coming was, as we all know, Chris Angel. Wait. Chris Angel. No, that doesn't sound right. Guys, who was coming? Who was in the town? Jesus, right. You're right. I was wrong. Jesus was going to be in the town. And Jesus was staying in a house. But this house was not like our normal houses. This house had a flat roof. Nice and simple, right? And his four friends picked up his mat, and they walked him all the way to the house. But he couldn't get anywhere near the house because the house was surrounded by people. So his friends, they had an idea. They're like, we're going to go up the stairs to the roof. So they climbed up to the roof of the house, and they cut themselves a hole. (laughs) So they had the hole. And what were they going to do with that hole? What was the point of that? Was that just to look down and see Jesus from the top? Good. They were going to lean Matt down. They were going to take him down. And that's exactly what they did. They took him on his mat, and they started lowering him down through the roof. And now, as he was coming down through the roof, Jesus noticed him, as did everybody else. And now, a lot of those people, they were a little annoyed because, you know, wouldn't you get annoyed if somebody cut a hole in your roof? But Jesus saw this man right away and went, like they said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. And everyone looked at him and went, "Uh, Jesus, what do you mean his sins are forgiven? You can forgive sins? Uh, Since when? And Jesus, of course, then replies back to them, to say your sins are forgiven is easy. So how about instead, to show you that God is with me, I say to this man instead, Matt, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And so Matt stood up, picked up his mat, and he went home. And everyone there knew that Jesus was uh, truly the Son of the Lord. Didn't Casey do a great job? Thanks, Casey. All right. Well, now, uh, while, they're, uh, while they're preparing their, their craft and having a great time in the back, we, we wanted to just take a couple minutes to talk about some of the driving philosophy behind what we do uh, with Cultivate Kids and, um, and what it is that we're trying to accomplish through them. If you know um, anything about us as a church, we, we make uh, discipleship uh, one of our, our key tenets. is kind of the thing that we are, are driving after. It's one of our identities in Christ. And what that means is that we want to uh, increasingly learn what it looks like to submit our lives to Jesus in every aspect of life. 
And the way that we go about learning how to do that is through God's story. And you guys saw one of the stories this morning uh, that, that highlights that. Sometimes we, in the classrooms, we'll do that with a video, and other times it's just the teacher doing that. Um, but we, we believe that God's story is primary to what, we're, what it is that we're trying to accomplish. And so we're, we want to talk about just three key things that help influence the way that we see our kids' ministry and what it is that we're trying to do. And the first one is that uh, we have a story-immersed philosophy. Story-immersed. Um, I, I don't know about you, oftentimes, like before I came to know Jesus, I, I walked through life for 21 years without him, and then came to, to know him. And that, when that transition happened, and, and I started to get to know this God who had saved me and made me new, um, my first kind of movement towards him was to go from kind of God not being a part of my story to then him sort of being one aspect among many things in my story. And oftentimes that's the way that we talk about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, is that we kind of add Jesus in to our already busy lives. He sort of becomes a, a, a piece of our existing story and maybe makes our story a little bit better, but it's still primarily our story. And, and one of the things that we want to flip on its head, not... and this is both for adults and kids, is to see all of life as part of God's story. It's to realize that we are just one very small piece of what God has been up to from the very beginning. And in fact, if you look at the Bible, um, the Bible is not just this collection of individual stories or, or moralistic accounts or advice or rules or anything like that. It is, the, it is the story of God's pursuit of us after we rebelled against him and how he gains us back through the work of his son, Jesus Christ. That's his story. And so God has been writing that story from the beginning of time. And now here in 2017, we find ourselves at one chapter in his large grand narrative. And so we we want all of us to be people that are driven by that story. The truth of the matter is that all of us are story-formed people. There is some grand narrative that is shaping our lives each and every day. You may not realize it, but it is from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. And what we want for our kids as well as our adults is to have God's story shape the way that we see our everyday life. We want to see us as one little piece in his great story. And, and because that gives our, our lives meaning. It gives our lives purpose. It gives our lives hope. It gives our lives joy when we realize that that's what he's up to. And so um, that influences then the way that we th- teach and go through the Bible with our kids. And, and one of the things that you need to know is that each one of our Cultivate Kids classrooms is going through the entire story of the Bible chronologically, the Old Testament in one year and followed by the New Testament in the next year, and then they repeat that. And so if you're, if you're doing the math... Um, but once kids go into the first classroom and then graduate out, they will have gone through the entire Bible as a story at least two and a half times. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and so and the beauty of that is that, one, they get to see the story and how it connects all together, which, by the way, makes sense to them. 
oftentimes the way that we've taught the Bible in the past is kind of disconnected from one another. And then they think that like Noah and Jesus and Paul like all went down to the playground together to hang out one day because they don't realize that they're part of a, a, a timeline that's separated by thousands of years. And so one of the things that we've discovered as we switch to this approach is that they start to, to get the Bible. They start to understand God's story in unique ways. And not only that, but we have the opportunity then to then introduce the story at one level and then go deeper and deeper and deeper with that same story as they grow up over time. And, and one of the things that I've found just with my own kids as they've been doing this is that they've, they've started to see his story everywhere. And they bring up his story, and they understand it. And so I, I appreciate that approach to the way that we've been doing things. Can I add anything into that? Um, not really, just that we, we were using different curriculums, um, which were basically theme-based. So you do, you do a story that fit the theme. And we weren't particularly happy with that approach because the kids really didn't, Get, as far as they were concerned, everything was an individual story, and they didn't get the whole big picture. So when, as a church, we did God's story uh, and story formed, we thought this would be a much better approach to use for the kids. Uh, they had a kids' version of story formed, which we kind of based our curriculum on, um, and we've been writing that, um, Christina and Naomi and I, together for the past couple of years. We trialed it first with one class just to see how it would um, work and we've been kind of tweaking it since then so by the end of this following this yeah this year we will have now a complete and it's pretty unique that we for a church of our size to have a kids curriculum that's written entirely in-house i'm just i'm so proud of that fact that that these guys have put in such hard work and effort into creating this and molding it for our kids specifically i mean that's so unique i mean i i've Never been a part of a church that has done that before, so I'm really excited about that. Um, the next aspect that we want to talk about is that our, we, our philosophy is that we're story-immersed and we're gospel-centered. One of the other things that we come to realize that if the, if the story of God, if, if the Bible is the story of God's pursuing love for us, if it's the story of how he's tracking us down and he finally wins us through the work of his son Jesus, then we need to understand that the Bible and our lives are primarily about him and not about us. And one of the things that I've discovered is that oftentimes when we think of the, the Bible as in general, we think of it as primarily a model for how we should live. And we, when we read it, we think of it as like, well, what should I do? I, I, maybe I should be like Moses or I should be like Abraham or I should be like David. Um, and some of those things are in fact true. But primarily what God is trying to communicate through his word is that those things point the way to Jesus. That he is the greater Moses. He is the greater Abraham. He is the greater one who comes and does work on our behalf. And so, uh, we, we, in terms of how we teach and communicate those stories, we want every story and every, everything that we do as a church to point to Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us. And then in light of those things, how we respond to him. And so we're, we're actually going to be doing that with the adults as well. Uh, the, starting next week, we're, we're beginning a brand new series called True and Better. And we're actually going to walk through all the kind of main characters of the Old Testament. Adam, um, Abraham, Moses, David, all these 
huge characters that we think of as primarily examples and people that we should pattern our life after as, as actually pointing the way to Jesus, who is the true and better one. And so that's, that's what we're going to be doing from now until Easter. Um, anything that you want to add to that one? Okay. <laughs> Um, so we actually want to show you a short video that kind of combines these two pieces together in the way that we teach our kids. And so this is, again, produced by the same people that did the story that we showed to them. But it kind of talks about God's story as being one overarching story. So we want to show that to you. The last piece that we want to just highlight quickly in terms of our philosophy for Cultivate Kids is that we are family-focused. Uh, the reality of, the, of just our time throughout the week is that uh, from week to week, we get your kids uh, one hour out of that time. And there are, uh, there are six days and 23 other hours uh, throughout the week. And so we realize that our influence as a church on Sunday mornings is limited if we only take the, the vantage point that we are investing in our kids. And so we, we realize that Part of our role with the kids' ministry is not just to invest in kids, but it's to invest in the families as well. And so what that means for us is, is being able to, to give resources and help to families so that you can continue and, and you know, amplify, model to your kids the kind of life that it looks like to follow Jesus in everyday life. And so some of that equipping happens while you're upstairs, while they're downstairs. And then others of that is just in terms of resources that we are making available to moms, dads, and families so that you can continue what happens on Sunday morning throughout the week. So I guess this is our response time, and I wanted to share a little bit uh, from my perspective about sharing, about serving in Cultivate Kids. Um, First of all, everything that was said today is true. Um, my hesitations initially, I guess I, th- I came from the perspective initially where I thought I would have to prepare something. And by trade during the week, I'm a teacher. So I thought like, oh, preparing a lesson or getting crafts together, I'm probably going to forget to do it. And the truth is, Fiona and those who wrote the curriculum have made preparation zero work. There was never one time where I was required or asked or I forgot to bring something because if I brought myself to church, if I could successfully do that, I was in good shape because everything was prepackaged, hand-delivered, lesson plans laid out. My other hesitation, if I'm going to be honest, was that, and this is kind of a selfish one, but... I really enjoyed sitting and listening to the prepared message, right? And kind of like using that time to reflect, listen to spirit and ask God, you know, okay, like what's my heading this week? Um, And I'll share two things about that. The first, that happens in Cultivate Kids. It happens in a different way than I was used to. God speaks through more than one person. He doesn't need a pulpit or a microphone to speak. So if your heart is listening and you're in front of kids, he's going to speak through the kids to you sometimes. He's going to speak through the story. Kids ask. I think the best thing about it is listening to the kids' questions. 
because they ask sometimes the just the most ridiculous questions, and you're like, I don't know how to recover or move on from that. There's no answer for that question. And sometimes kids ask in a simple, just heart level, the most profound questions. I've also found that as a teacher and somebody who's really interested in learning God's word and breaking it down, the best way to learn God's word is to explain it to a child. Anna the other day, I think, asked a question. I'm trying to remember what it was about. Oh, we're talking about New Jersey and California. And to a five-year-old who's just learning this, try to explain why people on earth develop boundaries that you cannot see when you walk around. Like, there are no boundaries on earth except for water and sky. Try to explain why there are boundaries and countries to a five-year-old. And you realize, wow, I don't think that that was in God's original plan that people would be divided and have boundaries. Anyway, that's a small example of how kids teach you things by their simple questioning and their simple heart-believing way of life. They're not all complicated like we've grown to accept. Anyway, um, let me make sure I kind of hit everything. Do you guys have any questions for me? Going once? No? Um, yeah, I guess I would just encourage you that any reservations I had were removed. So don't worry. All right, this is our response time. Um, we're going to praise God. Um, we're going to give in our tithes and offerings. If you're new, let them pass. This is for our regular attendees. And uh, what am I missing? That's it. And then we're going to go and do this again. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you see everybody and you love everybody, God. God, you see us all as your children. God, just thank you for that. Thank you that you want us to come to you with childlike hearts. So help us to want to study our children in this church in a way to just understand how you want us to be as your followers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.